You are listening to At Home, the podcast with Walkie MC. Each week, our team at Wakarusa Missionary Church invites you to join us for a conversation around the topics that shape our lives at home and beyond. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Somebody thought they had him figured out. They realized, I guess I really don't know yeah. Uh, yeah. what I thought I knew. Yep. Even the people that were closest to him. So. Okay, well, hey, we're gonna we're gonna dive in. Uh, hey, welcome everyone to At Home, the podcast with Walkie MC, season two, episode twelve, continuing on in our Jesus Went series. Uh, we've been talking a lot about, as I discussed this past Sunday, the big overarching theme that Jesus was on the go. He was not uh, camping out in any one place, but he was always really super intentional about who he was going to, where he was going, all of that has a message behind it. And so we're kind of we're kind of looking at the various stops, the various uh context uh to where Jesus was going. So this week we were in uh Matthew 9 and then we did a little Old Testament Ezekiel 34 uh, action which we'll get into. So uh but this is always fun for me because uh this was my message this week. So I'd like to say thanks for giving me a break. It was really nice to have somebody else speak uh, for a Sunday in this series. Joel, I think you did a good job uh, talking about Jesus going to crowds this week. And uh, Jesus went to a lot of places, as you said. But this one was interesting to me. He went to the crowds, but uh, he went very specifically, or he had a certain reaction that came out of the text that you talked about here in Matthew chapter 9 and spilling over into 10. You ultimately got into Ezekiel. So let's jump in. What, what, was, your, what was your main thought today, uh, last Sunday, and that we're going to talk about today with yeah. regards to Jesus going to the crowds? So I think in general, I mean, this was a message. It is a message and has been a message about, about the application of evangelism, you know, how, how Jesus is reaching people. Um, we read the beginning of Matthew 9, uh, well, beginning in verse 35, uh, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And I, and I just stopped right there and, and I said, okay, when Jesus sees the crowds and sees their lostness, his response is compassion. And I think that's that's first and foremost, uh, that's supposed to be our response, I think. You know, I, I don't think we just look at this and say, oh, well, good for Jesus that he had compassion on them. I, I don't think that has a, has an effect on me because we also will see that he's sending his disciples out in the same, in the same mentality, in the same, in the same sort of way. Um, but then with that, with that lost sheep without a shepherd metaphor, that's where we went into Ezekiel 34, um, where, does, where the word of the Lord comes to Ezekiel, and Ezekiel basically says, I won't read all through it, but you know, it's basically, hey, shepherds of Israel, hey, leaders of Israel, you have neglected the flock. They're scattered everywhere now. And the reason you've neglected them is that you've pursued your own comfort and your own ease. And you, in doing so, you lost sight of the responsibility that I gave to you. And now these sheep, these people of Israel, are scattered all over the place. And they are, uh, the, I mean, the metaphor is, is that they're, they're being eaten by wild animals. The, the wolves, wolves, 
I always have to pronounce wolves correctly because wolves. Yeah, my wife is. Yeah, don't you can't say it that way. My wife has a lot of criticism about how I pronounce that word, so I really tried to enunciate. Uh, but the the wolves are, you know, are at the door. They're devouring my people. You you were given watch over them, and you've neglected that. And there's real life and death consequences for that. There's a weight to it. Absolutely. When you were reading Ezekiel on Sunday, I was making some notes in the Bible app that we were using, and uh, several things really stood out to me. Again, without reading the whole thing, uh, it just simply starts with, the word of the Lord came to me. Well, what is that word of the Lord? And he goes on and he describes things. But there are certain things that really jumped out in that section. Uh, He was very pointed in painting a picture of their reality. He said things like, you do not, and, and the yous were really what jumped out. You do not take care of the flock. You have not strengthened the weak or healed the sick uh, or bound up the injured. You have not brought back the strays or searched for the lost. You have, he sh- shifts here yes. a little bit, you yes. have ruled them harshly and brutally. Yep. Uh, he, he, that was quite a spanking. There was a verbal <laughs> spanking that was taking place there and just said, hey, let, let me paint a, re, a really clear picture of how you're doing things and what you're actually neglecting to do. What yeah. you're doing well or what you're actually doing, not well, but what you're actually doing is you're, you're being ruthless to these people. Uh, what you're not doing well is actually caring for their needs. And I thought that was a really honest picture of reality. The one thing you said too, Joel, uh, is that there was no neutral ground for the shepherd. And I thought that was a really good point. It, it's not like you just, well, well you know, I'm, I'll, I'm maybe busy. I'll care for him. Maybe I won't. Yeah. Uh, there was no neutral ground. But when you neglect that the sheep actually become prey for the wolves. Yeah. And and I think, you know, uh, and Tyler, I would ask, but which by the way, I should also say here in the studio, we have Tyler, our middle school pastor. Hi, Tyler, by the Hi. way. Hi. <laughs> uh Angie, Angie is is out in well in much better weather than we we're, we're currently in, uh, and so we're recording. And I'm so I'm grateful to have you here. So oh, that's you. the three of us in the studio. So Tyler, you know when I when you think of when you think of and especially like I for the call to young people as you as you pastor young people too. Right. And this is this applies to all of us. What is the what is the challenge for you when we're talking about equipping the emerging generation to be to be on mission to to care for the people that God has has sent to them to to share good news with them to share the news of the kingdom to share to share Jesus where where do where do young people cuz I think this applies to all of us but I Specifically for you know for for parents listening and for young people listening, what's the challenge? Where do we like? Where do we get caught up in in this? Because we can kind of just read clearly on the pages. It's like okay, Jesus is doing this. He's going to these places. He's very very clear about the message, and he's commissioning his followers to do the same. Where does the message get lost? Where do we get where do we get caught up? Well, like I'm gonna I'm gonna flip the sheep to my cat. Yeah, and so like Tyler finds a way to work his cat into I, I so a, many metaphors and so many stories now. Ziva David Garrig. Oh we gosh. we definitely should have pushed further in the interview process. I think so. I think so. <laughs> but 
nonetheless, here we are. Okay, great. Can you keep talking about fair, your cat? I wanted a dog first. I, I understand. You, your, your, land, your landlords, your landlords who will remain nameless, but might whom I love, whose last dearly. whose last names might rhyme with rhyme with Runnaman. Uh, yes. Okay. Go to okay. Um, but like in the mornings, if I walk past her bowl without filling it up first, she will smack me in the heels and be like, "Bro, where are you going? I have not eaten yet." My bowl is empty. And I think when we think about that in relation to the the sheep being like the kids that we have, I think too often we jump to this conclusion of because I am older and wiser, I know exactly the things they need, exactly what they're dealing with, and I'm just going to handle it how I see fit rather than stepping into that life and asking them, hey, how are you feeling? What are you going through? What are the needs that you see that you have? Because when I work with these middle schoolers a lot of times, one thing that I hear from them a lot is they just feel like I just don't feel like I'm heard Mm. a lot. I don't feel like uh, that people are taking the time to get to know me and my needs. And they just kind of say like, well, here's exactly what you need. Just figure out with what we're going to give you. And so when I think of like Jesus's call and like you pointed out, Chris, all these things, like these, uh, the verbal spanking that Jesus gave them, like we can quickly fall into needing that when we're not asking the question of the people who are in need of being served. Hey, what do you need? That's good. Yeah. Don't assume need. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's good. And, uh, you know, it seems, and we see this later on, actually, when Jesus gives further instructions in Matthew 10, like as he's sending his, uh, as he's sending the apostles out, he sends them out into into individual homes, into individual because we talk about the crowds and everything. It the crowds lead to a focused evangelistic missionary uh, effort, and I think that's the other thing. You know, I, so many times, I mean, you just think about our daily lives and how how many kind of in the crowds and larger social spaces we pass through. You know, it feels so very impersonal so oftentimes. And it feels very much more more that way now because um, I think I think things have even shifted further there where it's like I don't think you like going to the grocery store. I don't know the last time that someone uh, checked me out at the grocery store. Like I had like that, that even that interaction with a with a person. Right. Like. I try to stay under 20 items. Yeah, right. I'm like, wait, 22. Come yeah, on. Come on. Yeah. Stand in this line. Look, it feels yeah. like in so many, in so many ways we are, we are less social and, and less connected uh, to, to people. And so I, yeah. uh, I just think, I just think about how, and we, we said it last week, how Jesus, and we said, you know, he's dribbling with his head up. He's just, he's aware, he's aware of need. Mm-hmm. He's addressing specific need in the midst of of the crowd, um, and he doesn't lose sight. Because I think we just become overwhelmed. And I, I think, you know, as I was sharing the message, that was kind of what was in my mind this past Sunday was, are we have we created an image or an expectation in our mind that this task is so big and it's so kind of murky and there's just all these nameless faces out there and that we just don't we just don't get it down to the the micro level of who do we know who are we coming in contact with where can we share the kindness of god where can we share the message of his kingdom and start there cuz sakes alive i mean if each of us did that 
we're talking, it's a completely different reality. Change the world. Yeah. And, and I got a little, I don't know if I got a little bit feisty, I, feisty. I got a little bit of feisty on this where it's just like, you know, it, I, I'm not, we talk about like pulpit evangelism here where it, it feels like so many times we're relying on a few Christian leaders to do, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'll preach the gospel. I will call people on a Sunday morning. I will call people to repentance and to put their trust in Jesus 110%. And anyone that responds to that, I'm, I'm overjoyed. Wonderful. But that's just me. Like, this is not, this is not the role for just, we've just like professionalized this thing. Like it's like, we need the professional evangelist, the professional Mm -hmm. uh, Christian to come in. I know in youth ministry, we feel, we feel this tension sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. Where, where it's just like, well, you know, um, cause I, I've, I've experienced it. It's like, well, if I drop my kid off at the religious experience long enough, maybe something will sink in. And I think you bring up a good point. You know, I think we, we say this is a professional event, but we also tend to say that this is something that's geared towards extroverts. Uh, I have a tendency by nature to be introverted. Uh, I'd rather be home in my house, avoiding the crowds. We're talking about spring break before we push record. And uh, the thing that just would irritate me to no end is sitting in Nashville traffic, Atlanta traffic, and just wanting to be somewhere. And so easily get interrupted by the crowds. But, But that's, Jesus went to the crowds. He could have been the same way and just said, hey, you know what, I, I, man, these crowds drive me nuts. I just want to get out of here as fast as I can. But he seemed to take time for the crowds, have compassion on them. You pointed out something in the Matthew section. Um, as you go, verse 7, uh, it was assumed that you're going places. So this is a good reminder to the disciples, but it's also a good reminder to us as followers of Jesus. As we go, we have a mission that we're supposed to be going on, not going trying to avoid the checkout line, not going trying to avoid all the people, but a responsibility that's been handed to us. But you pointed out, Joel, this is not just a small responsibility. He didn't just go, hey, go have a couple conversations along the way, yeah. drink some coffee with some people, um, you know, pat them on the back, tell them keep, keep up the good work, you know, keep trying. He gave them incredible authority, yeah, and he gave them incredible responsibility. Unpack that just a little bit. Yeah, well, and I struggled with this a little bit because I know, like, as he's giving them that authority, he's also saying, like, he's, I mean, these big things like go and heal illness, raise people from the dead, uh, bind up their, you know, bind up their wounds, like these these big things. Cleanse those with leprosy. Wait, yes. what? Cast out demons. Uh you know, and I know within our circles, uh, with broader evangelical circles, like that gets into, we get a little bit uncertain about that. And there's been various ways historically, theologically, that people have decided, you know, to say like, okay, those ro- some have said those roles and those tasks are specifically for that that apostolic group. That so that's a that's a, a there's a time and a place that they were doing that uh, in that season. Okay, there's. There's that. There's others that have said maybe even to the other side, like, well, all of those things are still available to the follower of Jesus to this day. And then there are some that try to – and again, I, I, said, I said it on Sunday. I'm not sure fully where I am on all of that. Uh, I think, Chris, you and I talked about um, 
the I think miracles are still occurring today in, Absolutely. in various in various ways. And sometimes those miracles are done in the doctor's office and sometimes those mm-hmm. miracles are done in any number of places. It seems to me that second and third world cultures that have more of a kind of an expectation of the miraculous or whatever, where there, there, there's like a little bit less of a modern scientific approach to everything. Most of the miraculous stories come out of those, come out of those places. Mm. So there's that. I, I also want to say this, Jesus's first message and first priority was a proclamation of the kingdom. And then as they were doing that, they were also, as they're going, so it's the proclamation that's the driving force in all of this. That's that's what's sending them forward into the communities. Right. From that, then, they will be offered an opportunity to cast out demons, to raise people from the dead, to heal, da 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 So I just offered up, again, and I, and I hope it's not seen as a cop-out. I'm just asking the question, would some amazing things probably happen in the midst of us going out and sharing good news with people? Could, could, because I consider, I consider, by the way, I consider a person who was once spiritually dead becoming spiritually alive as a miracle. Absolutely. Like that's a, that's a, let's just be clear. That is a miracle. So let's compare and contrast for a second. Um, we actually didn't even talk about this before the show. So I'm just going to throw this out here. Exciting. Uh, we have two, (laughs) hot take, uh, we have two different contrasting conversations, I think, uh, St. Francis of Assisi, yep. right? So you hear this one quoted a lot, uh, something to the extent of preach the gospel and when necessary, use words. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, to the introvert, uh, maybe to the person who just doesn't want to seem like a spiritual jerk to, yeah. to people who don't know Jesus, we're like, well, I'm just going to let my life show. You know, people are going to say, there's something different about you. You smile a lot more than most people. or And we feel like, see, I'm, I'm being used in an evangelism type of way, an evangelistic type of way. Uh, I love St. Francis of Assisi for saying that, and I'm glad somebody said that, so therefore I'm going to model that. Uh, and here Jesus isn't saying, hey, go smile right. at the clerk. Right. Uh, he's mm-hmm. giving a whole nother degree and depth of responsibility. Hey, by the way, uh, heal, touch, invest, take time for. And I think the burden of that responsibility is huge. Uh, and I, you, you alluded to the fact that you and I have had a conversation too. I believe all uh, gifts, this is my personal opinion, all the gifts that are talked about in Scripture are still in play today, but I don't believe that everyone has those gifts. And unfortunately, what I think has happened in the American culture and American church is that some people have really screwed it up for the church by sensationalizing and abusing yep. these things to make us want to pull back from them, and I think that's a shame. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. I think, like you said, we are seeing in other countries, other places in the world where God is just showing up in miraculous ways, visions, signs, things that just don't make sense to doctors um, yep. that are happening. Uh, we need to make that shift in our area, and uh, I'm I'm confident of it. But do it in a biblical approach. Um, yeah, this this is where, I, I again, and this is a little, this is a little bit of a, a rabbit trail, but we can read things like this and then we can see certain certain christian leaders take and run with it um to the point where the expectation where people are constantly um are constantly asking the question why are we not seeing these miracles occur amongst us um 
And and I should also say, I think there's a good argument to be made. A lot of these miracles, a lot of things that happen are are it's, it becomes clear are for the specific edification of the apostles of the of the disciples that are are going to strengthen them for the mission that they have ahead of them, which will be the launching of of the church of Jesus, which we see in 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 the beginning of that like through the book of Acts and and elsewhere. Uh so so it's a like it's a reminder because they have to have impressed upon them like oh this Christ whom we serve is the real deal he's bringing the kingdom of heaven to to earth he's giving us a, a foretaste of this and we need to be like we need to be sold out to this thing because by the way we're going to die for it um it's going to cost us it's going to cost us big which which is why later on later on in Matthew 10 you know Jesus says like I'm sending you out like sheep Amongst the wolves, and bad things are going to happen. Um, and you know, I think so. So often, and Todd, I'd love to hear what you think about this because because as he goes on, that's the this is the one verse where, and I'm trying to read it off to the side here. This is the one verse where, um, so in Matthew ten, uh, let's see here in yes, Matthew ten eighteen. Jesus says, on my account, you will be brought before governors and kings as witnesses to them and to the Gentiles. But when they arrest you, not if, mm. when, when, <laughs> when, when you're going to get arrested. When was the last time you were arrested? Yeah, there we you go. We talk about that. Anyway. That's right. <laughs> it's another episode. <laughs> True confessions. There you go. <laughs> but when they arrest you, do not worry about what to say or how to say it. At that time, you will be given what to say, for it will not be you speaking, but the spirit of your father Who's speaking through you? Now, I should a little, little caveat here. I have heard this verse used to excuse to excuse a lack of preparation for 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 what to say when someone asks you about Jesus. Because there's plenty of scriptures that say, "Hey, always be prepared to be able to share the hope that you the hope that you have." I'm just leaving room for the spirit to work. Well, that's right. <laughs> that's right. And it's like you know what? Maybe if you were a little prepared, the spirit might have more to work with. I'm just <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying. But you know, Tyler, when you when you see that. Uh, that particularly, because I, I think so many times people are people are concerned. Oh, I don't want to say the wrong words when right. I when I'm sharing faith. I, I'm really I'm really hung up on that. I want to say that I need to say the right thing. I don't want to I don't want to mess mess this up for a person for a person who says that who's like oh gosh and, and like I know students student right. ministry this is this is also a thing like I got to have the right. The right approach, the right formula. What do you, what do you say to somebody to encourage them in, in that in that situation? Like, hey, you're gonna you're gonna come up against some unexpected opportunities. Maybe it might be under maybe you're not being arrested, but maybe it's under uh, under a there's it's a hard convert. It could be a hard conversation or an unexpected. I like one. to encourage the kiss method. Oh, I love it. Keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> That's Michael Scott, The Office, as a quote. I think. Yes. Anyways, maybe. no, but but really, like when I when I hear that, what's interesting about these passages is that you know I'm not saying that Jesus doesn't call us to shepherd people, but his language here to go from sheep to sheep is to say like, hey, understand that you too are these sheep that I'm ministering to. And so with that, what is the book of Matthew filled with? It's filled with Jesus teaching these apostles. And he says, just as you are sheep, you are to go to the other sheep and share my message. It's not about the message that we can concoct. It's about the message that Jesus has prepared. And he says, hey, I'm teaching you these things. I'm telling you about the kingdom coming so that you can relay that message to these people. And it's... 
really like if we overcomplicate it with trying to get super theological or like overly ambitious in the way that we're trying to teach like big concepts and instead if we just boiled it down and said you know what i know what jesus has preached i know what jesus has taught like when we go through the lord's prayer he's saying hey pray like this Mm -hmm. it's not to overcomplicate things it's to make it out in a way that is digestible to all people so that you too can carry that same message to those people do you guys think i mean i i just think of I just think of my own um, my own experiences in some of these conversations where uh, I think there's there's a fear there's a fear of saying the wrong thing. There's also a fear of looking if we can just be honest, a fear of looking foolish uh, of or or what happens when I really when I really share this stuff what what if my relationship with this person is like ill, mm. ill affected? Um, I don't like, is sure. that a thing? It is. It is a thing. Uh, should it be a thing? Mm, that's probably another question. Why do we complicate this? You know, here's, here's the great question. If we're talking to our friends, uh, we have an ex, we have an experience that we, we have been transformed. Mm. Tell your story. Yeah, and that's the power of story. Yep. And a friend who listens to your story and says, "Hey, I, you know, I don't know what you think about this, but let me tell you what's happened to me. I was, right. now I am, and I'm a different person. Right. Maybe the question is, have I been transformed? Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe people who believe they're followers of Jesus who haven't actually been transformed, they don't have a story. What What is your story? I go to church. That's not your story. Uh, have you been transformed by the gospel? And if you have, then sharing that news should be the thing that you want to do with anybody, uh, but especially those who are close to you. And if we're worried about what they might say, if you have a true relationship with them, why should we worry? Right, uh, Tyler, I really like you. I, can I tell you something cool that happened in my life? I mean, we would sit down on a sofa. We would we would say, hey, this happened to me this week. Isn't this cool? Right, yeah. And, and if I'm a friend, I'd be like, wow, that was really cool. I mean, I— I'm never happened to me, but that's interesting. I value that. I'm not turned off by that. I think it's when we get all worked up about, you know, I don't know the four spiritual laws. I don't understand, you know, what what if I don't have the right verse for them? And, and I feel like evangelism has gotten super complicated. Here's a simple answer. I used to feel this pressure as a pastor. What if somebody asked me a question I don't know? Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, guess what? That's going to happen. Right. Uh, yeah. None of us. If And if we do feel like we have an answer for everything all the time, we're probably fooling ourselves. So here's the great question. Somebody asked me a question I don't know. I say, hey, that was a really good question. I can't give you a really solid answer yet, but here's what I'm committing to you. I'm going to go search. I'm going to go research. I'm going to do some homework. You go do some homework too. What are you doing next Tuesday? Let's sit down at the coffee shop and talk about what we learned. Why is that bad? I just think we have to get to the point where we're not overwhelmed by this idea of evangelism. And I think I think on that point, like, I think a lot of fears that come out of that is to say, like, well, what if that person just thinks that I don't know what I'm talking about if I say something like that? But I think most people, at least in my experience, when I've had those moments, they kind of just look at it as like, oh, you're you're on this journey of trying to understand, too, and it makes it a more, like— an easy path to grow that relationship with them. Yeah, it's it's really interesting when Jesus sends them out and anticipates and says, "Hey, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves." He also says, uh, "You're going to go to these homes, 
don't take anything extra with you. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's crazy. Like don't just the bare essentials of what, of what you need. Don't take anything extra with you. And cause I, the, the image here is I will supply what you need. It's a little bit, if I can say it, it's a little bit of an Exodus motif, kind of a daily manna and, and also, you know, gives us, us this day, our daily bread sort of thing of like, uh, by the way, I am sending you, your obedience is the main point in all of this, all the essentials of which you will need to keep going, all the essentials of that you will that you will need should you come in under fire or under a hard circumstance when you're arrested or, or whatever and you you don't feel like you're fully prepared in, in, in all of your own strength or whatever, hey, check this out. Breathe easy. I got you. I'm with you. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna help this happen. And so I think we could translate that a little bit to these conversations of yeah. the, I don't, I don't know. Like if we don't feel fully a- equipped, mm-hmm. um, isn't it Because by the way, uh, there is something to do. I, and I think diving a little bit into, um, kind of the ancient world that these disciples are in because what it does also them, them coming to a home, coming into someone's home, being very like, where they only have the bare essentials in a shame, like in an honor shame culture, it does put the, the onus on the person receiving them in to be gracious with them. And, and I think we empower people's graciousness by doing the exact thing that you guys are talking about. Like, Hey, I just want to share a good story with you. I've got no, I've got no agenda to like welcome you into my cult and get you to drink the Kool-Aid. But it's like, I want to share good news with you because I think good news is important. And I think it's important for your life. And if I don't, if I don't have all the answers, I'm just going to say that. And then hopefully in light of the heart that I come with here, uh, that's going to, that'll be enough. And God will do the rest, do this, all the stuff that only, um, that only he can do. And man, I, that's a Jesus that I can follow. That's a, that's a, that's a faith that, uh, I think, I don't know. It doesn't have to have everything right. I don't have to, I just don't have to rely on my own, on my own power, which was, you know, I, I made the comment on Sunday, uh, <laughs> you know, we, in the United States, we love our the heroes that we have are just kind of these rugged individualists that at least in myth and legend, both real characters and like I gave the the account of you know we like our Batman's our Supermans and our and our Indiana Jones and then I just said that I might have said something about Harrison Ford's impact on my life, but uh, it was a little weird. It yeah. was a little weird. It was a little, a little, got a little, a little creepy, a little, a little strange. But you know, I just remember it's like Chuck Norris. Yeah, there's exactly these. The, we like people that have everything that they need, no matter the situation. They've always got the tools on their tool belt or whatever, or the you know whatever it is to to get themselves out of a situation. That's not the image that that we have of of the apostles as they're as they're sent out. And I'm required to rely, yeah, on the Lord, man, and. And 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 I have to believe as they went out, I, I can only imagine the conversations because we we have just a few, a few glimpses into the conversations of when they of when they return back, um, which in and of itself is a great idea. Like, what if our small group communities were like places where it's like we went out, we shared good news, and then when we came back and we talked about it, we were like, you'll never believe what happened when you know, like, and then how that builds other 
other believers up, like sharing yeah. those stories. It, right. it encourages us and gives us a sense of like of of purpose. I think, and I I just like I just like the idea that as they're going and as they're sharing these stories, that they their own faith is being is being encouraged in the midst of it. And because I I wonder sometimes it's like when I feel like oh gosh, like I'm having a little bit of a uh just spiritually where things feel like mm, kind of, we're kind of dragging here, you know, it's like, well, it probably has something to do with the fact that my faith is really just kind of not like, it's not gone out of me, but just sort of kind of hunkered down, you know, yeah. inside stagnant. Yeah. Stagnant things stink. Yeah. But well, that explains so much right, right there. Why are you looking at me? <laughs> yeah. Mm, well, sorry. Sorry. Joel, uh, you gave some really, I thought simple, but very uh, real good takeaways from Sunday's message. Uh, one was ask the Lord to send out workers, and that comes out of that text. Ask yep. the Lord to send out. The harvest is, is ready. Yep. Ask the Lord to send out workers. And by the way, we are those workers. And I think that's a good yeah. point because, you know, I remember growing up in church and we would talk about this. The harvest is plentiful. The workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers. And then we'll start praying for missionaries. Yeah, right. Yeah, and right. and we fail to see. No, wait a minute. You, you are that person. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like how you asked the, a, a little follow up question. That do we see the people that we know as people that God has sent us to? And that's a flipping of our of our thinking mm. that we actually see people as maybe God put me in Wakarusa, Indiana, for a purpose. Yeah. Uh, and do I see those people that I interact with as people that God has sent me to? Yeah. Yeah. Good, good point. Yeah. Um. You know, and and again, we've as we've talked on this, uh, and it's definitely open to conversation. I think you know, with the these the apostles went out with all doing a lot of healing and things like that. Um, we have in in various ways, and I don't I don't want to minimize this. Like also, as you go and as you share good news, you might get invited into some heal. Like there there are healing healing types of conversations. You you might be well, not might be. In as much as you bring good news to people, you are bringing healing to them um, in a number of ways. We don't we don't know how you know how that's how that's going. I you know I I did a funeral this this past uh, this past weekend for uh, for a family who you know you when you're at your, when you're at a funeral it's it's strange to talk about healing, but the person that had passed you know they're no longer they're no longer with us on earth. But the fact, and they have a lot of struggles, a lot of challenges. But the fact that um, we had confidence that that person had made a decision to follow Jesus and had given their given their heart to them, uh, they were healed. Like now, they ex- they're experiencing the fullness of their of their healing uh, with the Lord now. But you know, it, it, we we kind of minimize and want to say like, well, unless unless everything gets all ironed out for them all at one time or whatever. Is that really healing? Well, here's the deal. Um, the good news brings healing to a person's soul. And and that person is not just their body. That person that person is uh, who they will be for, for eternity. And, and so when we bring good news of the kingdom to them, um, we speak to that. We, we offer, we offer that. So that's a, that's a precious me- message. And I want everybody to hear that. Look, 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 you have been given, if you are following Jesus, you have been given a precious, sacred message to share that 
will absolutely change somebody's life. Yeah, I just think it just boils down to like the good news is good news no matter our situation. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. If you were to put a bow on this podcast, Joel, I think the last point that you made on Sunday was critical. Jesus went to the crowds. He saw the crowds. Jesus had compassion on them. Uh, that meant these were people that Jesus didn't have one-on-one relationship with. He saw people, but he had compassion on them. Uh, and then you called us to have that same compassion with those that we come into contact with as well. As you button us up, any last thoughts on that? How do we go about doing that? What does that look like? I I just think we have like part of our, I don't know. I've been guilty of it. I, I'm just, the thing that keeps me from people is my, quite honestly, is my judgment, a lot of my judgmentalism about them. Uh, that, that I have expectations that people that don't know Jesus would still act like they know Jesus. And like, we're clearly told, no, a life that follows after Jesus is a transformed life. It's a new creation life. So let's not expect old creation people to exhibit behavior like they are new creation people without, without the power that, that, that causes and creates that, that new creation. And that's how we open up compassion in our in our hearts. I think if we if we can really come to terms with that, number one, realizing how much we have been saved, what we've been saved from, and what we've been saved into. If, if we if we can come to terms with that, if we can really acknowledge that, that empowers the compassion. That empowers us to look at lost people and not say, "I can't believe they're lost. What's their problem?" But rather to say, "Thank God that I have the opportunity to be to to be with them, to be next to them," because. Um, the thing that saved me can save them too. And uh, friends, I just, that's, that's our hope. That's our desire here as part of this community. That's, that's like the bare bones, like that we would, that we would have hearts that would be transformed that way. Um, and that uh, we would be a sent people. Uh, Cause if you are a follower of Jesus, you are sent. Uh, I can hundred percent guarantee that uh, to wherever it is that God opens up those opportunities. So Oh, good conversation, guys. Thanks. Uh, glad to be with you, each and every one of you. We will uh, return next week with uh, next discussion in our series. And uh, if you haven't checked it out already, we do have our bonus episode with Jay and Beth Shetler up uh, currently. So if you haven't clicked on that one, be sure to. We're going to talk about marriages and conflict and how it's a good thing, turns out. So uh, be sure to check out that episode as well. So Until we join you next time, friends, we wish you grace and peace. At Home, the podcast is produced by Wakarusa Missionary Church in Wakarusa, Indiana. If you've enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating and share this episode. Additional resources related to each episode can be found by visiting wakimc.org. That's W-A-K-Y-M-C dot org. From there, you can click on the At Home tab for more information. Thanks for listening.